This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 126. I'm Peter Mitchell here with Jackson Stover, and on the agenda today, ooh, it's a good one. Okay. Jackson's college football, 10 and 10. This is a new segment. He's going to go through his personal top 10 rankings in the college football world. We're going to cover some of the top games of the weekend. It's going to be electric. Then we're doing NFL division winners, hitting all of them real quick, rapid fire. Then player props, passing, rushing, and receiving leaders on the season. Then to wrap it all up, bankroll builders is back week one. Let's go. About to make y'all some money. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Going to be dynamite. So that's how we're going to wrap it up. And we're going to preview the opener on Thursday, the boys and the Buccaneers. So let's do it, Jackson. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. Happy Labor Day weekend. We are back. We are talking football. The season is finally here. I cannot wait. Jackson, we had a Huge weekend of college football to get it started outside of the four guys getting ejected in the Louisville Ole Miss game tonight. I was going to bring that up. Three in the second quarter. Yeah. Don't like that trend, but it was an awesome first weekend. Take us through your new segment. Tell everyone what it's all about. Let's get it. Yeah. So for the first time in what seems like a long time, I'm not just super slam busy on Saturdays. So I'm actually getting to watch a lot of college football over this four day weekend. Games are a little bit more spread out. No NFL yet. I watched a shit ton of college football. So I'm going to be given (laughs) at the start of each episode or somewhere during the episode, my top 10 teams in roughly 10 minutes. So starting it off this week, number one, of course, it's Alabama. They looked ridiculous. They played Miami, who's a top 25 team, a lot of talent, brought back De'Aaron King, who's a really good quarterback, got another year of eligibility since he got hurt last year or because of COVID, one of the two. Not really sure. But anyway, this guy's 24 years old. He's older than four or five starting quarterbacks in the NFL. He's good, and he could not do a damn thing what? against this Alabama defense. Bryce Young is 24? No, 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 no. De'Eric King from Miami, oh, oh, who was playing it. against them. Though yeah. Bryce Young looked really freaking good. He looked like mm-hmm. he could have been 24. I mean, a little bit small, but 344 yards, four touchdowns. He stepped in, did not miss a beat. There will be no struggle like there might be for Clemson or Georgia offensively this year for Bama. They are going to continue to be top team in the nation. The talent gap was just insane. Watching both sides of the ball, Miami had no chance. And this is a top 25 team in a good conference. This is not Eastern, Western, Navy, Federal Credit Union State. Like this is a Uh real football team and they got dominated. Yeah, it's the same old, same old for Alabama and the Crimson Tide. I was watching it like At what point is Nick Saban going to get bored of this? Because it's every single season. You mentioned 344 and four scores for Bryce Mm -hmm. Young. Both of those were freshman QB records for Alabama. So this dude's clearly no slouch. That's a legit, I guess, Miami team. It's impressive. It's very impressive. Miami team will be one of the better teams in their conference. And Bama looks maybe even more dominant than in past years. Like they might be a whole tier above Georgia, Clemson, all these other guys that have been right there in the playoff with them the last few years. So 
Bama might run away with this college football season. I don't expect them to move from number one in my rankings anytime soon. On to number number two. two. I've got Georgia there just because they beat Clemson. And Clemson's ranked as a top five team preseason. But this game was a snoozer. It was terrible. Neither team could move the ball. The defenses looked pretty good. I mean, Georgia's defensive line looked really dominant. Clemson not as impressive. But neither offense could move the freaking ball at all. The only touchdown that we got was a pick six. So that gives you an idea of what type of game this was. And I've got Georgia too, just because they looked so dominant defensively. But the big question with them is JT Daniels at quarterback going to be able to move the ball at all? Because he barely broke a hundred yards against Clemson. And I just did not come away from this game impressed with either team offensively. So I've got Georgia at two because I kind of feel like I have to, but I do not feel like they're a top five team, even at this point, them and Clemson both looked really bad. I think both teams would say their best unit is their defense. So to see this Big Ten impression from these two teams, I don't think it's a huge shocker. Was I surprised at how sluggish these guys were? Yes. DJ Uyagalele has all this hype coming into the season. And give credit to Georgia's defensive front. But this dude just never looked comfortable. Like at all. In took the words out of my game. mouth. He looked rattled from the very first snap. Did not look like the guy that we saw when he filled in for Trevor Lawrence last year. Looked like a totally different dude. And this Clemson team looked a whole hell of a lot different than what we've seen in the last few years. We'll get to them. They barely stayed in the top 10, but they might not be in there that much longer. They have Number real three. talent. One more thing. They have real talent at receiver, which also really makes me question why it was so tough for them. Those guys weren't really getting that much separation. Yeah, one of the receivers got banged up. I can't remember which one. And then another one is coming off uh, like a double spinal surgery. And this was his first game back. So there were some questions with the receivers. And another thing, both teams were banged up. So maybe toward the end of the season when they're fully healthy, they'll look better. But I was not impressed. On to number three, Ohio State. A big win on the road against a good Minnesota team who brought majority of their guys back. We heard about him a little bit from Lucas. He was hyping the game up. It was a damn good game. And Ohio State, it was a little closer than Buckeye fans probably wanted. But they showed me enough for me to keep them up here in the top five. They personally made me feel better than really Georgia, Clemson, and OU. I mean, I watched that Ohio State game and thought, hey, they can at least move the ball and they can get some stops when they need to. But for now, they're at number three behind Georgia just because Georgia got that bigger win against a Clemson team. Number four, Notre Dame. This game against FSU was absolutely electric. It is going to be hard for there to be a better college football game this season. Just from the script of the game, the storylines, I'm serious, man. Going into this game, the big, big time storylines are the transfer QBs. We got McKenzie Milton, who's coming off the terrible, terrible injury, Alex Smith-esque. People don't know if he's ever going to be the same, ever going to really even get to play. I thought he was going to probably wind up starting for Florida State, but that wasn't the case. They had Jordan Travis starting, who's kind of a dual threat mobile QB, younger guy, three years of eligibility left. We go into the game. And also, Notre Dame's got Jack Cohn from Wisconsin. So it's just the story of the transfers. Going to the game, and it's boom, boom. Offense is taking shots back and forth. Looks like it's going to be incredibly high scoring. And the big concern for Florida State, if you're a fan of the Seminoles, is going to be, can they string together multiple stops and even give themselves a chance? Sure enough, the crowd gets into it. It's back and forth all first half. 
Start in the second half, though, Jordan Travis makes some mistakes. Notre Dame's wide receivers and DBs, electric. They had some DBs, safety specifically. Blanking on his name right now. He's a top five Kyle prospect. Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton, thank you. He made one of the best plays that I've ever seen a defensive back play. I'm sure you saw it went sideline to sideline. I, I want Dallas to get him. He's going to be top 10. Yeah. He looked great. Notre Dame wide receivers looked great. Skill positions, good. Other than that, though, I wasn't super impressed with the defensive line, wasn't too impressed with the offensive line, and Cone looked really good. He put up the numbers, but I think a lot of it was in part of how good these Notre Dame wide receivers are. Would you say Wisconsin could have used him? Yeah, I'd say he definitely looked better than Graham Mertz, but I don't know, man. Nobody ever looks very good in that Wisconsin offense to me. But back to this game, 38-20 to in the fourth quarter. It's looking like Notre Dame starting to put their foot on the gas, run away with it, capitalized on the turnovers and mistakes Florida State was making. All of a sudden, Florida State gets a touchdown. They get a stop, or they got the two-point conversion after the touchdown, get a stop, down 10 points, middle of the fourth quarter. They get the ball back. All of a sudden, Jordan Travis's helmet gets knocked off. Mackenzie Milton has to come in for a big, what I believe was third and long. Drops a 30-yard dime, and everyone's like, oh shit, wait, they're actually moving the ball because there was no passing game at all for Florida State. It was all coming on the run. And all of a sudden, it was like, damn, maybe they can actually move the ball in the air now. You need to throw the ball when you're down two possessions and running out of time. So they leave Milton in. Milton drives down the field, makes some incredible plays. They get a tutty, down three, get a stop, get the ball back. Milton drives them down the field. They kick a field goal, go into OT. It's looking like this crazy storybook ending end up missing a field goal and losing, but holy shit, it was a game, man. I came away impressed with both teams, and I mean, Mackenzie Milton, dude, what a story. What a freaking story. He makes the 50-yarder, gets iced, misses the shorter kick. Yeah, although the 50-yarder was with no pressure at all. It was a freebie. Who knows if someone's running at him, he actually makes it from that same angle because it came off really low. But tough, man, tough. I really thought Florida State was going to do it. The crowd, the 50,000 there were going freaking nuts. It just seemed like one of those games where, I mean, movies were going to be made about if McKenzie Milton throws a game-winning touchdown or something. And it seemed like that's where we were headed, man. It was fun to watch. Having me very excited football is back. (laughs) One thing on Ohio State, C.J. Stroud was getting dragged that whole game on Twitter against Minnesota. Well, in my eyes, to bounce back like that in the second half in a tough environment like Minnesota, I think you have to give him some credit for that. Yeah, he's gonna I earn he his lumps, fine. but he's he's gonna get better as the year gets on. So I'm cool with uh, putting Ohio State at three, but that's quite a big jump from seven to three. I think it's deserved, man. I think it's deserved, and they were banged up in the secondary too. Josh Proctor, Tulsa product, look, um, he looked amazing. And he ended up yeah. getting hurt with maybe a collarbone or something. Second half joint or something. Yeah, I don't think it's anything too serious. He'll be back. But Ohio and State looked good, man. I was impressed. They were flying to the ball. Shout out Mo Ibrahim. He is out for the season after that uh, injury. It looked like an Achilles, but what a game. Shout out to him. Who you got after That's Notre Dame? Good. Number five. I'll pick it up a little bit here. We got USC. Believe it or not, wow. the Pac-12 is back. The Trojans are back. Some big wins this weekend for the Pac-12. USC, man, they played a really good San Jose State team. They were in and out of the top 25 last season. Borderline could have been in the top 25 to start this season. And USC just dominated them the entire game. They looked really good. 
I mean, Slovis could be a dark horse Heisman at this point. I don't know, other than Cone, who is going to have much of a lead on him after week one. And I think USC and the Pac-12 are back. Look for them to stick here in the top 10. I think they're going to be really dominant after a solid shortened season last year. Number six, we got the Oklahoma Sooners who looked absolutely miserable. <laughs> this is not the OSU in me moving them down to six. They do not deserve to be in the top five. Okay. The defense looked like they regressed to 2017, 2018. This didn't look like what we saw last season. And Spencer Rattler looked shaky at best. He had two interceptions, probably should have had three or four. One of them got called back on a pass interference that was not pass interference. And the dude just continued to leave balls high and behind his receivers over the middle. I came away from this game thinking OU has no shot in hell to get back into the playoff. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of games left to be played here, but I was not impressed with the Sooners. Not impressed, but I'm going to say pump the brakes on Rattler. He might have come out looking like Steph Curry, just like throwing it up wherever he wants. But hey, first Mm, game of the year. Let's give him some time. I mean, if they lose that game, they're done for, you know, all it takes is one really bad one to take you out of it. I know they got the win, but watching that made me feel like there's going to be one of those Iowa State or Texas Tech games where it's too close and he throws a pick late and it ends up being the ending of their playoff hopes. If they score 40 points against Tulane and lose, it's not Spencer Rattler's fault. So... Who you got next? Uh, that's fair, but he definitely could have made that game a lot less nerve-wracking for Sooner fans. Number seven, we've got Michigan. Similar to oh. USC, I think Michigan is back. Is this me maybe just hoping and reaching on to grasping for straws here, hoping that the big blue bloods are back? But I really think they are, man. This was the most dominant performance I've seen from Michigan in a long time. Granted, they're playing Western Michigan, who is no powerhouse by any means, but they're a competent team. I mean, they're not terrible. The spread was only 16 points to put it in perspective. All right. They won by 33. Their wide receiver bell. He looks like freaking Odell out there. Sadly with a knee injury, he's out for the season, but I still think they're going to be good. McNamara, the QB, he was nine for 11, about 150 yards, two TDs. He looked really solid. He got pulled early. I think he very well could have thrown for three or 400. If he stayed in the game, I came away. Michigan. No, they weren't ranked before this season. Okay. okay. They will we're, be after this week, though. We're going to have to do some housekeeping once you get through your 10. Okay. Who you got next? Number eight, we've got Clemson. They took a dive. If they would have been playing any team besides Georgia or one of these elites, they would probably be way outside of the top 10 for me. Like we said earlier, DJ looked awful. There was nothing in this game that impressed me. Sphincter, whatever their best freaking defensive player is, He's going to get targeting at least three Skalski. times. Skalski, maybe that's it. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't. He's a like he's a good leader and player, but he's not like covering people out of the back. Good energy, but he doesn't do shit talk. other than just yeah. dive in with his head and spearhead people. I think teams can kind of scheme against him. I would agree. I don't think there's anybody on that Clemson defense that is just freakishly athletic like some guys on Bama and even Georgia are. They're just not that same level of talent. I'm not ruling them out for the year because that is the best defense they will see the entire rest of the way. Yeah. So they, they're definitely still in the mix, but maybe not the same team. When you got Brent Venable's son playing important snaps for you at linebacker, yeah. that's not good. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. That, that's fair. All right. Number nine, we've got Iowa. 
I was not super impressed with them offensively, but they just manhandled a solid Indiana team to the point where they didn't have to do anything on offense. The defense looked so good that they're deserving to jump into the top 10 for me. I think they're going to be contenders in the Big Ten. Iowa's kind of back, maybe. I think the Hawkeyes are going to be good this year. Number 10, another Big Ten team, Penn State. They got a gutty win on the road against Wisconsin. Was not a very exciting game defensive battle the offense at times I think is really going to struggle for Penn State throughout the year but the defense is good enough and with the performance that I saw as a pretty pretty heavy five and a half point road underdog I think they deserve to jump up into the top 10 so that rounds it out for me okay I guess so that rounds out your top 10 I respect that you came with some original picks and just okay flew teams up from their original preseason spot but I I only gotta go off week one of the teams that dropped out, uh, they all seem to win here. So we have Cincinnati. They beat Miami of Ohio 49-14. to 14. They're this dark horse team that's really trendy yeah. to be picked. That's exactly what they need to do. So I'm, I'm glad to see that. Iowa State beats Northern Iowa by Looking six miserable. points. Miserable. And then Texas A&M, who some people think might come out of the SEC outside of Bama. No Forty-one to ten over Kent State. They're six in the nation. Why did you drop these three? Well, first of all, A and M. I just don't trust them. I feel like every year they're hyped up to be this team that they're just not. The quarterback plays never there. They're never an elite team in the SEC until I see them beat a really good team. I just don't buy it. Cincinnati, yeah, they're solid. They competed last year when they got the big bowl game, almost got a win. But the thing with them is I got to see them against a good team to believe it. These teams that are going to be playing in good conferences and going through the ringer every single week, playing some really tough road games, I just trust them a lot more than a Cincinnati team that's going to have a lot of cupcake games. Notre Dame is going to be a huge litmus test for them. Yes, they will. That'll be a fun one. Okay, and then Iowa State. Just Iowa State, yeah, that's self-explanatory. They were awful. They do not deserve to be in the top 10. I think they're very overhyped. Um, Big game against Iowa coming up for Iowa State. That'll be telling for both those teams. Yes. Did we hit all three? Yeah, that was all three. Okay, and then North Carolina, they were 10 coming into this season. Yeah, Get trounced at Virginia Tech. Sam Howell, one to watch. He's a projected first-round quarterback struggled in this one but i was impressed he got no with, help oh yeah i was impressed by how he used his legs i didn't know he had that in his game so i came away from that game if anything a little bit more impressed with how because they had no running game they had constant miscues at offense on their at the skill positions and you could just tell that he was working with a bunch of young guys and he lost the i mean he lost both of his running backs to the nfl he's got almost and an the entirely new wide receiver football group. team he didn't have anything like he came out there with a bunch of young guys that had the jitters and played nervous and scared and he did what he could, but he had one or two miscues and a bad throw here and there. But I mean, he he played a pretty good game and just didn't get any help. Okay. That was Sam Howell watch. And that was the first week of Jackson's 10 and 10. We're also going to cover our home teams, the Cowboys, Mike Jayhawks and the Texas Longhorns. So rapid fire, OSU 23, Miserable. Missouri State 16. LD Brown, Should have lost that game. 15 carries for 30 yards. There was no what run happened? game at all. What happened in this game? I honestly didn't even watch that much of it because there were so many better games on and I have set my expectations. 
as low as they can get for Oklahoma State football this year. <laughs> Big part of it, OSU's got some players in COVID protocols. Spencer uh, Spencer Sanders couldn't play. Yeah, the offense passed the ball okay, but we were just super one-dimensional, and there was no run game. I think when you get Sanders back in there, he's got the legs, get a little dual-threat action. It'll open things back up. But, dude, Missouri State had a chance to win that game or tie it up as time was expiring, and they drove all the way down the field and had a couple shots in our end zone. It was pathetic. OSU deserved to lose that game. How was Presley from Bixby? Honestly, don't even know that he got that many carries. Okay. Um, touches. What What is he playing in the slot? Dude, I am so not plugged in with Oklahoma State football this year because I'm just expecting the worst. <laughs> Kansas gets a dub in the opener against South Dakota. <laughs> yeah. This was a, a wild st- game. Restful, stressful game. And so I broke this down into the old and the new. So the old right. bad habits I saw and some positives from the first game of the Lance Leopold era. So old and bad offensive line was not able to block Velton Gardner our starting running back 19 carries for 21 yards. Oof. Also, Oof. they flash a statistic at the beginning of the game. We averaged 15 points per game last season. We only scored 17 <laughs> bad. Um, only one sack on defense. Bad. Mm. Seven penalties for 51 yards. Bad. But here's the new things I liked. Great field position game in the first half. We were not surrendering field position. It was awesome. Executing. We're going to just keep sending them back. We're okay. going to get the ball at the 50-yard line. That, that's a joke. Um, zero turnovers. Solid. An 83-yard kick return from Kenny Logan. Didn't miss a field goal. And the defense looked okay. There you go. That's some nice building blocks. Good improvement. 1-0. That's the longest anyone should ever spend on Kansas football on a podcast this season. Okay. Okay. Check in the Oklahoma State stats right now. Presley had four catches for 68 yards. So he is playing receiver. And I guess I need to take better note of what's going on with him. But yeah, dude, I'm just not excited for Oklahoma State football this year. A lot more excited to watch other teams that will be better. Let's end it with this. Did you get to see any Texas 20-point win over the ranked Louisiana Raging Cajuns? Yeah, I caught some of the second half, and they looked really good. I think Texas, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'll say it about Michigan and USC, but not going to say it about Texas. I think Texas will be competent again. There we go. I'll say that. They might actually compete in the Big 12. I'm going down to the Red River this year to see some SEC football. So I'm excited to see this matchup between OU. Should be a good one, honestly. I think this could be one of the few years they run into each other undefeated and it actually means a lot, or at least one of the few years in recent memory. Mm -hmm. All right, there it is. College football week one. On to some NFL now. College football week one is in the books. NFL week one is upon us, Peter. It's that time. We're here. This is the best time of the calendar year. I just feel so much positive energy in the air with football around the corner. And we're going to go through each division here. I took the odds um, whenever I'm explaining mine. How are we doing this? AFC first? Yeah, that's good with me. All right. Let's start with the AFC North. Who you got? I got the Browns at 155, or at plus 155, excuse me. me I just too. don't trust the Steelers' offensive line. 
I've made my concerns about the Ravens known. I don't trust Lamar. I don't trust that line. Justice Hill, get better soon, man. He goes down today in practice, torn Achilles out for the year. It's another running back that they've had go down. Don't trust the Ravens at all. I just think the Browns defense is going to be really good. They're bringing a lot back. Let's go Cleveland. My prediction is more about the Browns internal improvement than anything else than the rest of the division. Okay. They have an elite edge rusher in Miles Garrett. They have this young emerging secondary, Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit. They're going to be healthy this season. Plus they bring in Johnson from the Rams at safety. Greg Newsom Denzel in the Ward draft in the secondary too. Right. And then Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, I'm telling you, remember the name, he brings them athleticism and versatility at linebacker. This team's legit, man. And then Baker, second year with Kevin Stefanski. He's going to be the most comfortable of his professional career. This Browns team is going to roll. Book it. They should, man. They should. feels weird to pick the Browns to win the division, but I I think it's going to happen. All right, so what do we want to move over to the east here? We'll go northeast, southwest, never eat soggy waffles. Let's do it. All right, AFC East. I got to rock with my Dolphins. I'm taking them at plus 330. We've made our case as to why there should be a lot of improvement. The defense is going to be just as good as last season. Plus, you have all of these new weapons for Tua. You have an entirely new offense. Things should be really good in Miami. I know the Bills are going to be dominant, but I think there's going to be a little bit of regression for Josh Allen. I don't think he's going to be an MVP candidate this year. I like the Dolphins to do it. I also think the Patriots are going to be sneaky. That is a ballsy pick. I will give you that. But I'm rocking with the Bills minus 150. I think you're going to see a theme in today's podcast on Buffalo. Um, But they're going to throw the hell out of the ball. They're forward thinking. Brian Dayball is legit. He's going to throw it on first down every single possession. And they're just going to run it up. They have receivers everywhere. Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders might They've have some flex appeal this real, season. Real, real threat though, and that's Diggs. He's the only guy on that offense outside of Josh Allen that you're worried about stopping. The other guys, if you want to tell me, hey, Emmanuel Sanders or Zach Moss or Devin Singletary are going to beat you, I say sure, I can live with that. All I'm going to do is take away Allen, and I'm going to take away Diggs and make the other guys beat me. If I'm a defensive coordinator, that's how I'm approaching every single game with Buffalo. I think Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis are going to be able to move the chains as well this year. But the main reason I like them so much is because they get Greg Rousseau out of Miami in the draft. He sat out last year in college, but he had a really nice preseason. That's an element they didn't have last year. I'm on the Bills minus 150. And I have to throw the Pats at plus 360 out there. I really think they're going to be good. I do too. I do too. I think they're going to be above 500, and I think Mac Jones is going to be really freaking impressive. I think he's going to check the ball down to James White, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. It's going to be easy for him. They're going to lean on that offensive line in the run game. He's just going to be efficient. He will ball, check it down and be efficient, turn it over. but I think he's going to lull defenses to sleep and then take right. some big-time shots because he's got Play the arm to do it. to Aguilar deep down the field. It's going to yeah, be Unlike open. Cam Newton, he's actually got an arm that can throw the ball down the field with some accuracy. He's going to make some damn good deep ball throws. Cam was objectively bad as a quarterback last season. <laughs> yeah, and like on, that, that's literally a fact. He was not good. Yes, defensively too. 
Hightower's back. Matthew mm-hmm. Judon comes from Baltimore. They were Kyle Van Noy back with Belichick. They trade for Sean Wade, Ohio State product. Uh, the Ravens drafted him, but they're just super deep at corner. I like that as a sneaky little pickup while Stephon Gilmore is out to start the year. So something to watch. They're going to be very legit. Yes, they will. All right. Next, we have got the AFC South. This division is kind of a stinker, but I'm going to go with the Titans at minus 110, mostly because I don't trust the Colts in the first half of the season. We talked about it last week. They're banged up. They don't have any continuity right now on offense. They got different guys practicing together. Wentz has been in and out. Their entire offensive line has been in and out. T.Y. Hilton's been in and out. It's just a shit show in Indianapolis right now. So for that reason, I'm going with the Titans. I'm going with the Titans as well because I think they have the best quarterback in the division this year with no Deshaun Watson down there in Houston. The Colts, I just can't bet on this team with Carson Wentz as the quarterback. He's too big of a question mark, and the O-line is not the same as it's been the last couple seasons. Not a fan of the Colts. So Titans minus 110. Agreed. I think there might be some specific matchups in the second half of the season where I really like the Colts, but I'm just staying away from them and fading them, if anything, to start the year. Yeah, they're going to have a good defense, but we'll see. All right. AFC West. Last one here. I don't think this is going to take any time at all. Chiefs (laughs) minus 290. Let's just move on. Chargers could be sneaky, but yeah. Chargers for sure. Chargers plus 490. I think that's a decent long shot. If it's, you're going to hammer the Chiefs, a long like, shot, if but. you're going to put big money on the Chiefs to win this division, which I personally would not at those odds, it's maybe worth hedging a little bit and throw in, you know, a, a small chunk on the Chargers as well. That's the only threat who could do it besides the Chiefs. The Chiefs. NFC North. Got to be the Packers, right? At minus 160? Got to be. Don't tell me you took the Vikings. I did not take the Vikings. LaFleur's won 13 games each of his first two seasons, okay? I can't not take them, but Vikings plus 270 looked like one of the better values on the board. I know you're one of those people just rooting for Aaron Rodgers to fail, so I kind of thought you might take Minnesota here. No, this isn't about that. that, It would be about the Packers winning 10 games and just kind of like sleepwalking through the regular season. And then Aaron Rodgers turns it on come playoffs. Yeah, I think Rodgers would have to get hurt for them to win 10 games, though. I just don't see it. I don't see how this Vikings team got worse from last year, though. I agree with that. I just, I mean, what was the bar they set last year? Like below 500, you know? Just a little bit. I think they bounce back a little bit, win nine or 10 games. I'll give them nine. But end of the day, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, not a tough choice here. NFC East. I'm All sorry. Right. Give me your but, football team spiel. Yeah. They've got the best defense in the division, and it's not even close. Okay? For that reason alone, they've got a chance of splitting with the Cowboys, and they should handle the Eagles and the Giants, who have very mediocre offenses. I don't think the Eagles and Eagles and Giants both games that they play, hell, all four games combined between them, I don't think they get over 40 or 50 points. I think they're going to be shut out in some of these. They're going to be really, really dominant on that side of the ball. You add Curtis Samuel, you add Ryan Fitzpatrick, you've got Terry McLaurin back, you've got Antonio Gibson back, you've got these young guys to build around you, bring in some solid pieces. The offensive line is beefed up at least a little bit compared to what it has been the last few years. This team is going to be solid. I don't trust the Cowboys. I don't trust Dak. 
I don't trust Zeke. They've already got COVID issues with the offensive line. <laughs> Give me the football team. Cowboys are going to start 0-1. little Thursday night football preview there. Just a little sneak peek. So if you're like me and you're taking Dallas to win the division at plus 150, here's the And you're the probably case. putting on face paint and lipstick too and a big red ball on your nose. Despite Zach Martin being out for the opener, they do have Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins back. And the benefit of not having those guys last year is that all of these backups have really good experience playing. So I think the O-line is going to be very good this year. Dak is ready to roll week one. They're loaded. Bounce back here for Zeke. Okay. CD breakout season. Micah Parsons on the other side of the football field. He will win defensive rookie of the year. Lead the team in tackles. Lead the team in tackles. Wow. The dude is a sideline to sideline player. Well, you know, it shouldn't be hard to do. Nobody else on that team tackles. Shit. Will they give up 35 points a game last year? Exactly. So they can only go one direction on that side of the ball. Dan Quinn is a coach who has accomplished things within the decade. Within the decade. (laughs) Make that nine years ago, but hey. Hey, he's he's like actually a defense. In his lifetime, he had a good defense he coached. In his lifetime. I think this unit will be better. Not saying a lot better, but I would love to do good. I'd love to be a fly on the wall and just listen to Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn have a normal conversation. I bet it'd just be electric, man. Hey, boys are back. 11 high, wins. High minimum. brain power there. Okay. 11 wins minimum. Wow. I would take you to the bank on that for sure. <sighs> NFC South, Tampa Bay at minus 240. Another no brainer, similar to the Chiefs. Is there any team in this division that you think could give them a scare? New Orleans, Carolina? I really don't. I really don't. I think 10 wins is the worst case scenario for the Bucks. That would be like Super Bowl hangover year. I'd say 11 worst case scenario. But Brady got the extra game. Hot take. Tom Brady's going to be better this season than he was last year when he what dropped. What happened to the Max Kellerman Tom Brady's got to fall off eventually theory? It still is out there, but logically He's going to get better at 44? Logically, he's worked with all these guys for a season. He gets A-B for the full year. I think he's going to go for more than 4,600 yards. No way. You're telling me Tom Brady's going to throw for 5,000 yards. Granted, we've got the extra game. That Okay. I think he really could. What do you think the odds are on that? Tom Brady to throw for 5,000 yards. Got to be like plus, what, three or 400? You could just take him as a passing leader if you wanted to do that. Wow. Did you do that? No, No. we're getting there. Okay. Okay. Just curious. All right. Last division here. They're too good. NFC West. You know, I'm rocking with the Rams at plus 200. Give me your 49er spiel and give me the odds on them. (laughs) All right. The 49ers plus 190. That's what I thought. They're my pick. People forget how good they were a couple years ago when $80 million of their payroll wasn't on the injured reserve. Hell of a coach. They execute in the trenches. They're going to run the hell out of the ball. Trey Lance is going to come out. He's going to be their Taysom Hill. They're going to have him in the pistol with Moster, Trey Sermon, Kittle doing his thing, RPO game. You cannot stop that in the red zone. They're back. This team's going to be tough. This division 
it's going to be super exciting. Best division in football, for sure. Yeah, I really do think there is a chance every team in this division is above 500. I know mathematically that would be tough. They would just have to kill their out-of-division games, but I think it legitimately could happen. Also, yeah. the Cardinals are like plus 650 in the division. I know if you're high on them like me, maybe worth a flyer, just a small sprinkle, just throwing it out there. It could happen. All right. Passing, rushing, and receiving leaders here. Pretty straightforward. These are the guys that we're taking to lead the league in passing, rushing, and receiving. So starting off with passing, I think you got to go with Mahomes at plus 300, right? That would be my favorite pick. But for variety, I'm going with Josh Allen at plus 850. As mentioned, I wouldn't be surprised if their running backs run the ball less than 20 times per game multiple times this season. They're so going to look like Pittsburgh's offense. They're going to chuck the living hell out of it. That's how they're going to that's how they're going to lead games, that's how they're going to start games, that's how they're going to play when they have the lead, when they're down. That is their MO this year. I just like the value at 8 and a half to 1. Okay. I had another guy value here. Herbert at 12 to 1. With that offensive line, they don't necessarily have like these big time running backs, you know, they got Eckler and some other dudes. None of them are big, huge, like ground and pound between the tackles type guys, run them up the middle. They're all kind of little scat backs, third down guys that want to catch balls in the backfield. Going to have a lot of quick little check downs, quick hitters, shovel passes, things like that. Herbert's going to rack up the yards. A lot of it will be short, quick passes to running backs where the running backs do pick up the bulk of the yards, but it goes toward his passing total. So do you know where he finished last year? In re- I have no in idea. Passing? He's got to be borderline top 10 and he missed the first few games. Josh Allen finished fifth. I think Herbert would probably have been close to him had he played Seventh every eight. game. Yeah. yeah. A couple long shots. I saw Joe Burrow, 16 to one. That's just a game script pick. Yeah. And then Jameis Winston, 20 to 1. The dude's gone for 5,000 before. Why not? Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. All right. Rushing leader. This one is way out of left field for me. I took a dark horse. I don't right. like any of the guys at the top except Henry. His odds are too low for me. I'm rocking with Najee Harris at wow. 28 to 1. Okay. Give me the spiel. I think I know it, but let's hear it. He's a massive freak. Pittsburgh's going to have to run the ball a lot to open things up for their offense. We saw how it worked for them in the second half of the season when they just became completely one-dimensional. They're going to make an emphasis on getting the run game going this year, and I think he's going to get 20-plus carries a game. I like him to stay healthy. He's young with the fresh legs. Why not, man? 28-1. to Okay. He's built like Derrick Henry, you know? Yeah. So the the leaders are Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey. I like Nick Chubb at plus A fifty as well. I think that's that's how they play. They're going to run the ball heavily. Derrick Henry is on a team that lost their offensive coordinator and isn't expected to have a good defense. I don't know. I think Chubb is a sneaky little pick here. And then my long shot is Zeke, 21 to 1. I just told you the offensive line is back. The offense should be good. Why can't Zeke? I like those odds. Why can't Zeke get 20 carries a game, average close to 100 yards or more? I don't see why not. That's good value. 
Yeah, I think it's good value as well. I don't hate it. And with Chubb, I don't really see it happening unless Hunt goes down for a little bit. But if Hunt does go down, then there is a damn good chance Let's that see. Chubb will win it. Four, five, six. He finished seventh last year. And he was hurt for a little bit too, wasn't he? Missed yeah. a couple games. All right. On to receiving. I got two guys I like. I couldn't narrow it down. They have been my early second round fantasy targets, both of them. DeAndre Hopkins at plus 750 I like a lot, and Tyreek Hill at plus 1,200. Ooh, okay. I don't think there needs to be much explaining on either, but yeah, let me hear your thoughts. Okay. I knew you were going to say Hopkins because you have a Cardinals affinity. Um, I could see it. I think he'll get a huge target share. Good rapport in year one for those two. I could see it. Um, I think he finished top five last year. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, I think he did. Um, my pick, which you can see coming from a mile away, DK Metcalf, 13 right. to 1 for the Seattle Seahawks. They're I talking like about using him, uh, not using him differently. They're talking about adding to his route tree where he's running slants across the middle. Imagine someone of Michael Thomas's physicality. But, Peter, DK Metcalf can't run routes. He's 23. He's a young. I'm kidding. I know. I'm I know. Kidding. He's an emerging star. Like this dude's a stud. He's a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. So imagine him on the slant route, like you see Odell. He's got the same speed and the juice to take it to the house on top of the deep balls from Russell Wilson. So thirteen to one, and then Tyreek Hill twelve to one. I like that quite a bit too. It's all about the target share with him. Well, not even necessarily the target share. I mean, both of these guys only have one other receiving threat on their team that could take away targets. Yes, that is true. But the deep ball, man, both of them are capable of breaking off a 60, 70, 80, 90-yard reception when it's just a normal five-yard pass, and then boom, they're gone, or a bubble Mm. screen or something. And they're so freaking fast that they can just rack up all of that yardage in one pass. Like It's got to give you an edge when we're talking overall yardage here. Right. Health is going to be a caveat with all of these picks obviously but if Tyreek is healthy all season long I think he goes for a career high in catches he tied it last year with 87 put up does he hit 100 this year he's got an extra game 1276 yards receiving I could see a 100 yard 1400 1500 yard year why not okay Well, there you go. There are all of our division winners with odds and our passing, rushing, and receiving leaders with odds. Now, it is time for Bankroll Builders. We're back. Last season, we got off to a hot start. Didn't finish things off. I think we actually didn't even finish the season out. I don't have the exact totals that we were up, but we were both up a damn good amount of money. I know at one point my bankroll was six or seven times what it started and or what it started at, and yours was as well. We were crushing. Yeah. Ooh, an announcement that I forgot to add at the top of the show. We're going to be going twice weekly during the football season. We're going to be yes. doing a Sunday evening pod recapping the week that was Jackson's college football 10 and 10 all the games we're gonna that's, waiver wire ads yeah fan, looking into beginning of the fantasy week fantasy advice and that's where we're also mixing basketball if we're doing basketball that week and then the midweek pod during the football season will be strictly 
bankroll builders previewing the Thursday night game as well. So yes, sir. Football and also on, and on the Sunday pod. Yeah. On the Sunday pod, we'll give out our Monday night picks also. Right. Okay. Let's do it. Week one. We're starting with a hundred dollars in the bankroll. Correct. So for theory, we're just doing $10 units starting with a hundred. Boom. Where are you starting this week? Come on. I'm starting with the Eagles and Falcons. Wow. I know it's a miserable game. I probably will not watch it, but hear me out. The over is only 48 points. Both of these defenses suck. All right. We know Matt Ryan can throw the ball. All right. They're going to put up at least 21 to 28 points. There's no way that they don't. The Eagles should hypothetically score. I mean, they've got some weapons. We know that Jalen Hurts can run it on the ground. He's a dual threat. And then you also got Miles Sanders, who's back, poised for a pretty strong year. So with some Their offensive line is healthy this year. And their receivers are healthy for now also. We'll see how long all of that lasts. But there should be some points on the board. And the main theme here is the defenses are just freaking awful, okay? If any of your players are going against either of these two teams, for the first few weeks of the season, at least in fantasy, stardom. Okay. It's a no brainer. The secondaries of both teams should get absolutely torched. I think Calvin Ridley will go crazy if Jalen Hurts can accurately throw the ball downfield. Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager should be due for pretty solid week ones as well. So only one unit on it, but I'm rocking with the over at 48. I think the big question here is can Jalen Hurts move the ball with his arm? I don't know about that. Devontae Smith, I think, is going to be good from the jump. Too good of a talent. Jalen Rager's there. I'm looking to see, can Hurts get the ball to these two? I think he's going to run the ball well. He's going to be a huge threat in the red zone. And then on on the Atlanta front, Arthur Smith is going to unlock it, baby. I'm not saying a renaissance for Matt Ryan, but I think he's going to have a good year. Starts against this weak Eagles secondary. Kyle Pitts torches these nobody linebackers. Their linebacking core is one of the worst units in the entire NFL. Kyle Pitts goes nuts. Same with their secondary. Eagles have had a bottom five secondary for the last half decade. They've never addressed it. I mean, I guess they did pick up Darius Slay last year, but he was incredibly underwhelming in the weeks he was healthy. So well, he'll be on Ridley. Pitts gets the mismatches. And then Russell yeah. Gage, flex appeal, fantasy. Just this saying. Week, yeah, I Keep agree. an eye on it. I agree. Could be an ad. And to your Jalen Hurts point, I think that is the big question. His arm, can he move the ball that way? But if there is a team to do it against, it is this Atlanta secondary. So we shall see there. What have you got first for us? Okay. Uh-oh. This one big has some grin. sauce. This one has some sauce. It's, it's right. the lock of the year. Two and a half half units, two-team, six-point teaser. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus one and a half against my Cowboys. I hate to say it. I'm emotionally hedging. So if my team gets their ass kicked on opening night, at least I'm going to win some money because the San Francisco 49ers minus two against the Detroit Lions is the easiest pick I've ever seen. That is a Kyrie layup package on 2K layup. I completely agree. How is this not the lock of the year? I'm with you on that. And let me say that I had this Tampa line teased in one of my bets and decided to just 
scrap it, take it out, and keep Tampa in my Thursday night bet, which I will get to, which has that teased line in it. My next bet, though, we have got Seattle Seahawks. Wait, wait, wait. You don't even care to dive into either one of those games? You, you oh, think I mean, I just. Well, we're going to hit Thursday night after this, and I've got something coming in one of my bets with San Francisco as well. Oh, so, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got more coming. We're going right, to hit it all. I want to talk about these. For sure. Okay. First, though, let me throw this next bet out there. Two units on it. Seahawks minus two and a half at the Colts. We've already talked about it. There is no continuity with this Indianapolis team. They've had different QBs taking reps all of training camp. They've had offensive linemen in and out, Quentin Nelson, Eric Fisher. There's just a constant carousel going on right now of who can stay healthy, who can stay off the COVID list. And also, at wide receiver, who the hell are they going to throw the ball to other than Pittman? I mean, what? You got Zach Pascal Paris there? Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell and Pascal. Those are really your number two and number three receivers Mo, Mo going Allie into Cox. week one? Is he even healthy? I don't know. There's just not a lot to feel great about on this Indianapolis offense, and the defense should be pretty solid, but my thing is I trust the Seattle offense to move the ball no matter who they play. I have no concern with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Chris Carson. They are going to score points no matter who they play. I think the Seattle defense won't have any issues forcing some turnovers, getting some stops against Indianapolis. I expect a lot of sacks. I think they're going to dial up the pressure, make them pay Ooh, for having this inconsistent offensive line. Hell, I could be rushing the passer. It doesn't matter. These dudes are so banged up. They're going to have a third stringer starting out there on the offensive line. Okay. All right. I just don't trust Indianapolis. I think this is an absolute lock. This game takes place in Indy. Yes. Okay. In Indy. But I really don't care. They, they could be freaking playing on the moon, and I would still be hammering two and a half for Seattle. All right. I'm fading Indy early as well. I can live with it. I'm a little weary of Seattle just because they play every game close. I don't know. It's week one. Some squirrely shit could happen. But that's fair. I'm I'm on board. That's okay. that's where I would go if I were making the pick. Okay. All right. What do you got next? All right. Is so, this your big one? No. This one is just like. Just tell me what you think. One and a half okay. units. Denver Broncos minus two and a half. At the New York Giants. Oh, this game is just a big fat stay away from me. But let me hear it. Why would I take Denver? Okay. They're a well-coached team that's going to play mistake-free football with Teddy Bridgewater under center. Good O-line. Good running back pairing between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Look at the pass catchers around Teddy. They're going to be able to yeah. move the ball against this Giants team. I do like James Bradbury and Logan Ryan for the Giants, but it's fine because <laughs> Daniel Jones is under center playing yeah. against Patrick Sertain, who's going to ball out. Vaughn Miller is back and healthy this season. That offensive line for the Giants. You got Bradley Chubb there too. Yeah. Should be good to go week one. Bottom five in the league. Offensive line, Jason Garrett, Saquon on a pitch count week one. This screams one or two turnovers for Daniel Jones. Denver gets the job done in the Meadowlands. I like that, but I just don't trust Fanny Pack Fangio at all, dude. He makes me nervous. He, he definitely does, but I think they don't have the gunslinger Drew Locke back there. 
They're going to take yeah, advantage of turnovers from Daniel Jones, get the job done. That's a good old line. This it's a it's I just would, a solid team all around. If we're being honest, that's people, true. There's people are no saying holes. Super Bowl if Rodgers is the QB. You have to have a yeah, good roster to I'd win a Super that. Bowl. Come on, you're not wrong. Okay, yeah. If I were leaning away on that game, that's definitely where I would go. But interesting, something to think about. Next one I got here is my big one. It's going to make that game more interesting. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. We're uh, we're balling on a little bit of a budget right now in the California living, so pockets are going to be pretty tight. Might be playing with Monopoly money week <laughs> one here, but we'll see. On the record, though, all of these picks are locked in right now at these lines, just for pod's sake. Lines yeah. aren't changing. These are set in stone. I got my big T's here. Last year, you know, every week I would finish it off with a big parlay, a big tease, something. And they were smacking more often than not. So we're starting off this year with a four-team teaser, two units on it, 20 to win 64. Yes, four. (laughs) First one, 49ers, I got them at a point and a half favorite. Oh, wow. I think like you were saying, this is an absolute lock of the year. Yeah, it's a complete layup. So give me your case other than like what you've already said as to why you feel good about this. I know we've talked a lot about the 49ers and Shanahan, but right. Well, the thing is Nick Bosa's back. They have a pass rush. Panay Sewell, I think is going to struggle early on. He's playing right tackle. He's used to left tackle. I don't yeah, like he's the matchup. Not done well in camp. Don't like the matchup up front. It's Dan Campbell's welcome to the big leagues moment. He has no experience. Shanahan is ready to say I'm back after a, terrible season last year everyone banked up they're ready to roll week one healthy they're gonna just steamroll them i think it's a 27 to 7 kind of game i wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 38 to 3 kind of game who who's jared goff is throwing to tyrell williams on ross a brown and hawkinson yeah that's it's almost made me wonder because they're going to suck so bad and there's going to be garbage time yardage accumulated and a lot of games for Detroit. Almost made me wonder, do I just want to pick one of the wide receivers on that team and just stash him on my bench and hope that Maybe. I get the lottery ticket of who's going to be the leading receiver? Because someone's going to have a thousand yards receiving on that team. It's not a terrible someone's idea. Gotta. Yeah. I, I think everyone's just so off Detroit that it's appalling to even think about drafting a receiver there. But like, exactly. shit, someone's going to have some value. But okay, 49ers minus one and a half. Next, we have got the Chiefs winning straight up. They're a six-point favorite with the six-point tease. It moves to the Chiefs just winning the game. I think there's a chance that they only lose one or two games this year. All right? I feel great about Kansas City. I don't care who they are playing. pandering. Yeah? To the Kansas City listeners. They're just eating this up. Well, I think it's the truth, man. I know it's Cleveland, but I think they're going to be a little bit pissed off that that playoff game was as close as it was when Mahomes went down, and they're going to come out to prove you have no chance of stealing the AFC from us. You will, like, for the decade while Mahomes is here, you will be our little brother. I think that's the message that they're going to come out and send. I like him over Cleveland. Okay. Next. Also, Andy Reid dominates in September. Yeah. All right. And off a of bye. Yeah, we all know that one. <laughs> all right. Next, we've got the Packers teased to plus two against the New Orleans Saints on the road. I think there is going to be some definite miscues with Jameis and Sean Payton in this offense week one. They could be good. 
They could be competent. They could be above 500. But at the end of the day, they're not going to beat the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and Matt LaFleur in this game. The Packers are bringing back damn near the entire team. I mean, there's a lot of continuity here. Rodgers is throwing to Devontae Adams. He's throwing to Tunyon. He's throwing to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And he's got his boy Randall Cobb back. You got Aaron Jones still there. He's got all of his safety blankets. He's going to feel just fine. The defense, damn near everyone coming back. The Packers, like we have said, are still going to be really freaking good. I like them over New Orleans. I don't think this is a close game. Spread makes me a little nervous at four, but I do think the Packers probably win by more than a touchdown. Could be a backdoor cover, though. Would not rule it out. Last year, I've got the Rams minus one and a half. Hmm. I've been very vocal about how I feel. They're at home against the Bears. Andy Dalton does not scare me at all. This is a line. I know it's just over a touchdown margin at seven and a half. In but so far, I would probably, yeah, I'd probably take it fans. straight up anyway. Stafford's going to ball. They're going to be just throwing out all kinds of gadget plays. McVay is literally going to be just having fun toying with the Bears defense with Stafford. This is going to be a blowout. They, they could win by 30. They could. Also, no joke. The NFL has had this all this time to give us a sick Sunday night game, and they stick yeah. Andy Dalton primetime? What? I think they're probably hoping it was going to be Justin Fields, and we would get this new quarterbacks in the NFL. Could this be a whole new era for the Rams with Stafford and the Bears with Fields? Can the rookie take out the veteran and the blah, 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 and Sean McVay and the wizard? I, I mean, it could have been great if Matt Nagy didn't fuck it all up with making Andy Dalton the starter, but... All right. Anyway, they're going to pummel them. I, I legitimately think that the Rams defense might score more points than the Bears offense. <laughs> I like the teaser. 49ers, Chiefs, Packers, Rams. Rams. Okay. All right. My last. 20 to win 60. Yeah, let's hear it. What my, do you got last? My last one of the week. It's the any given Sunday dogs parlay. Money line parlay. 21 to 1. We got the Cardinals plus 135. Yeah, baby. I wanted to put them on my ticket, but held off. At the Tennessee Titans. I mean, this this feels like a shootout. This feels like maybe one of the totals you want to get on this week. I'm taking yeah. Arizona here. Anything could happen. Cleveland. What is the total at? Let me check just real fast. What do you got? Over 52? Yeah, I like that. Second leg. Cleveland plus 235. Get out of here at Kansas City. Scat, scram. Like what I are you said, doing? it's this any given Sunday dogs money line parlay. I like the plus 235 odds. They have talent everywhere on the roster. Do I think this could look like when the Bucks came to Arrowhead last season? Yes, but I do think any given Sunday, the Browns could win this game. And then the third All leg, right. the Raiders plus 180. <laughs> First game Whoa. in Vegas. First game in Vegas. Allegiant is going to be rocking. Lamar Jackson might get flustered down there in Vegas. All I'm saying is, yeah. any given Sunday, the Browns, the Raiders, and the Cardinals could win this weekend. Man, what if... One unit. I'm going to win these other two. I got a gambling theory here. Should we fade every team that goes into Vegas and play at Allegiant Stadium? Because how the hell are you going to be on the strip in Vegas and not go out? Hey, no J.K. Dobbins, no Rashad Bateman. Hollywood's not 100%. Sammy Watkins is on the injury report this week. Come on. 
Yeah. Derek Carr, yeah. Daryl Waller. I mean, you're speak. I'm anti Ravens. You know that. I don't think they're going to be very good this year. So you're Mon- speaking to me. Monday Night Football. Darren Waller is going off. You're going to be glad you reached for a tight end in your fantasy drafts. Come on, Raiders get the dub on Monday night. All right, all right. I can get behind that. I like that money line. And that's Monday night. You said. Yep. Plus one eighty. Mm, okay. That's there's a reason this parlay pays twenty one to one. So. <laughs> Let's have some fun opening weekend. I like it. Let's recap them all real quick. My bets that I've got, we have one unit on the Eagles and Falcons over 49. I have got two units on the Seahawks minus two and a half at Indianapolis. And then I have got two units, 20 to win 60 on a four team teaser, 49ers minus one and a half, Chiefs to win straight up, Packers plus two, and Rams minus one and a half. I think the teaser's going to hit, and you're going to be off to a good start. <laughs> Let's go. What do you got? Run through them again real quick. All right, two and a half units on the two-teamer with the Buccaneers and the 49ers. Second yep. one, one and a half units, the Broncos shellacking the Giants Okay. in New York. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> minus two and a half there. And then one unit on the any given Sunday money line dogs parlay Cardinals at Titans Browns at Chiefs Raiders first game in Vegas against the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, I'll to say one. this. If my teaser misses, I hope it's because your any given Sunday parlay hits. So let's I'll give go. You that. Let's go. Week one going to be huge. All right. We briefly touched on the Thursday night game. You mentioned the case for Tampa. The pick that I have, start the year off right, we're teasing Tampa to minus one and a half, and then we're taking the over at 46. I think this Cowboys defense will be a little bit better, but it's still not going to be good. There is no stopping this offense with the weapons that they have. Tampa Bay is going to score at least 28 points. I think the Cowboys have enough weapons that they put some points on the board as well. So I like the over a lot. I like Tampa winning the game. Give me the teaser. It's not a teaser. Um, My pick for Thursday. It's not. Oh, I was going to say, what? Did I not just give a teaser? (laughs) Go ahead. No, no. My pick for Thursday night. Just straight up against the spread. I have to take Dallas plus eight. Oh, my. I thought you were going to go Tampa minus seven and a half or whatever it's at right now. So I'm not actually wagering on this one. This is just previewing the game. I think Dallas makes it interesting here. You don't feel confident enough to bet on your boys, though? No. Keep it within a teddy? No, absolutely not. It's in Tampa. That place is going to be rocking. Super Bowl stuff's going to be going on pregame. They get it done. Unfortunately, um, that said, I I just don't like this matchup for Dallas's secondary while they added depth there this season. I think Trayvon Diggs is more of like a really good two than a stud shutdown corner. I think he's yep. going to be on Mike Evans. They're going to look at Mike Evans down in the red zone. Godwin and AB are going to eat moving the chains. Who's going to be on them? What, a Wouzier on one of them? And Jordan Lewis. I mean, yeah, that, Anthony that Brown. Sounds like, that sounds like maybe a big A-B game for your theory that you have. I think A-B scores a touchdown this week. Godwin or Evans might as well. Godwin's going to go for probably seven for 90 or something. Might not score. And then their, their run D is too good. It's going to be tough for Dallas to 
really set the tone on that end. They're going to be chucking the ball, maybe some garbage time for Dak. Yeah, they're probably going to have a hard eight. time getting Zeke going and opening up play action. And yeah, I'm saying, man, Tampa might Tampa might roll them. I don't know. The more I think about it, Dallas plus eight. There's no way it could there's be no way. unless it's backdoor. The only way would be backdoor garbage time. Yeah, which very likely we saw it a lot last year before Dak went down. Yeah. Okay. All the football we got this week. I'm pumped for week one. College football week one did not freaking disappoint. One other piece of news that's just been hanging over us for what seems like forever now. I've got my best Ben Simmons trade package for you. I want to know thumbs up, thumbs down. It's not not getting any better than this. Not on the radar. Daryl's just going to have to get over it. He's not getting an all-star. He's going to get the San Antonio Spurs picking up the phone saying, we'll give you DeJounte Murray, Thaddeus Young, Trey Jones, and four first-round picks. Take it or leave it. What? I think they take it. Four first-round picks? Yep. It's Murray, Trey Jones. And Thad Young. Thad Young and four firsts. Yep. Hell, maybe maybe you take away a first and throw in Keldon Johnson or Lonnie Walker. I would do that if I was Philly. I think I would do it, too. I'm done, got I'm done with Murray, the headache. Yeah. Yeah, like, let's just get some pieces back that can help now and then also get some young assets for the future. It's a win-win. He fits really nice next to Seth Curry um, on paper. Plus, Tybalt's getting better each season. They can still you got Thad Young to play the four and kind of replace Ben Simmons as that big who can push it in transition and find your guards and hit Embiid. Yeah, they can still dominate defensively on the perimeter. And Thad Young's just a good locker room guy as well. I feel like he would fit in really well there. He's not going to be asked to do a lot, but he can play for sure. Yep, and then you get Trey Jones back just as a young guard who could play a little bit of defense for you if you need it with some upside. I don't like him because he'd be taking minutes away from Maxi, but okay, I that's do fair. I do think he's a good player. I don't that's like fair. him in this trade though. All right, I just wanted to throw that out there because I was thinking about it and I was like, man, what what trade could actually happen? I'd listened to a lot of talk about it and a lot of people were saying like all these hypotheticals, but go look at any team and see what they'd really be willing to give for Ben Simmons. San Antonio was the best option I came up with. So okay. is what like it is. It. Okay. Right. I hope something like that gets done because he will be moved. It's going to happen. Biggest banger on certified lover boy. That was next that I was going to ask. Pipe down. Dude, that one grows on me every time I listen. TSU, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, this is freaking banger, number one hit type song. And then Girls Want Girls. Those three, dude, just could listen to them forever and they never get old. Absolutely incredible. Way too, What's your number one? Way Too Sexy is a banger. Oh, that's the only one I don't like. See, you just haven't been in the right environment to At hear a party or like a tailgate or something, yes, that would go hard. If I was just getting lit, but when I'm like by myself, listening, chilling, I skip way too sexy. I'm not going to lie. Okay, that's that's fair. I can see why. But think about the fact that it probably was recorded for the Project E.T. tape with DJ Esco. And they you were like, so? hey, let's throw it on here. Because you think that it, it's a leftover it from it the sounds, Esco tape? It sounds like a future song. Brock and I were talking about this. It it's is definitely a, a future beat. It's a future joint. I promise you. Yeah, I agree with that. It's definitely a future beat. It 
it buffs. It is going to be banging in the bars like sicko mode was. Was it was it hitting at the lake? You had it on and it was doing the job. Even Lisa was getting down to it. Oh no way! Yeah. No yep. way. Yep. All right. All right. I'm I'm not saying it's my favorite song or anything. I'm just saying. It should not be disliked. It is a banger. Okay, I will be listening to it from the hours of 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. a whole lot more than I would ever be listening to it. Like that, that'll be the peak right. times where it comes on for me. It's not a daytime listen for me. Yeah, but Girls on Girls was cool. I like that one. Um, oh, Bridal Path. His the bars at the beginning are that one grew on me a lot. Are awesome. I like I like the top half of it better than the end. Um, I like some at the end a lot, man. Pipe down's one of those that like you get back from the bars, you know, you kind of have your after drinks, you get winding down. It's just like you and one of the boys or a couple of the dudes, (laughs) you throw on pipe down and you just get in your feels, man. It's one of those. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Uh, The remorse. I honestly, I always like the last songs on his albums. Do not disturb. There's always some little like thing going on with the hook. I think the, the remorse the is good. The first and last songs are always just ones that grow on you so much. Right. And the remorse will, will grow on everybody. I'm calling it For now. sure. For sure. Like, if you go back and listen to Keep the Family Close right now from Views, oh, dude, I can... Mm. Views was... It might be... I'm not this saying reminds it's my me favorite of views. Drake album, this, but... Because there's no misses and like it aged so well. Every song you go listen back, they're not like all party bangers, but they all, there's no misses, man. They all sound so good and they're just vibes, just different vibes. That's what this album is, man. It's not, it's, I think it's going to be his best album, the best half decade. It's not like if you're reading this too late, but I think it's, it's that views that kind of nothing was the same, that take care kind of vibe. He really does have a formula. It's like he, he doesn't miss. He has the 7 a.m. on Bridal Path song on every album. The yeah, start always, and the finisher. There's always a time and a title, and you know that song's going to be good. What's the one with Ty Dolla Sign? Um, oh, I'm blanking on the name, but Get that one's growing on me a ton. Or no, no, that's that's from more. Um, better with your friends, maybe. It's no. It's get along better. Okay, mm. and it the. The hook is about get along better with your friends. There we go. That's, get along better. That's the nothings into somethings of this album. Mm, and then Fountains okay. is like the Madiba Rhythm. Yes, Madiba Rhythm, One Dance. Too Good from with Rihanna. Yeah. He just does the same stuff on every one. And it's all hits. It's all hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, other thing oh. I got for you. Yeah. So this is a deeper cut. But if you like Samfa and know who that okay. is, Yeba is the Samfa of this album. Yeah. All the same, man. I like Yeba a lot. I thought that song was good. Yeah. She's a she's from Memphis, apparently. Interesting. It was like the the summer's over interlude of this album. Yeah. Vibe. Yeah. All right. Other thing. Monday Night Football. We got the alternate broadcast on ESPN2 with Peyton and Eli. Week Are you going to be watching that? I think week one, yeah. I'm going to be watching it. I had no idea it was week one, but yeah, for sure. I think they're doing it every week. I don't think it's every week. I think it is. Let's double check. I don't know, Jim. Was that your Lisa impression talking to your dad? That was Tony Romo. 
Oh. <laughs> ah, I don't know, Jim. That makes more sense. Uh, Ten games in each of the next three seasons. Okay, so shit, damn near every week then. Um, I think this is the future. I think the alternate broadcast with different commentators, I'm so freaking ready for this. I'm ready to get entertainers doing it, all kinds of different people, because I, I know the exclusive rights and it. all of that. Barstool is into it. I mean, imagine like, being able to listen to like Big Cat commentate a Monday night football game. Because I, I would do it every time. I, I would I would just lose my shit laughing. Deadass. You have to have an imagination sometimes. I think Big Cat will probably be calling games in some sort of capacity or like pregame, something. And then Jake Marsh, seriously, when when I'm dying, Jake Marsh will have potentially been like al michaels or something yeah i could see it i could definitely Barstool's see it. gonna keep weaseling their way into live sports think big enough and i'm like, glad they're doing it though because it's it's time that someone else did it besides the big networks of abc you know espn cbs all of them get some alternate broadcast going you can reach so many more avenues of fans and espn's kind of figuring it out here with the peyton and eli stuff and then doing the nickelodeon streams and all of that but like what are you hurting you know like why not i think it comes with like optionality the more products you have the more you're going to try and if barstool is able to put out some stream like just you okay the ui on tvs is going to get better over the next few years i think it's going to be more often you're like casting from your phone and you can just easily search the game and then all of a sudden you have like the high quality big cat yeah. stream up there like yeah i think cord cutting and all this the way connectivity is working like i've got an app ESPN idea my yeah i've never been able to think realistically how i can make it work with the technology but ideally, it'd work with friends. So like if you and I wanted to watch a game together through our phones somehow in some app, we could sync our TVs up. So like, like we could hop on FaceTime on and be watching or something like, yeah, like we'd be playlists paired up with two or... speakers at once. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And then also thought of it as in how you could pair audio up with a game somehow where I could go get on a broadcast of like myself, like commentating the game. And somehow match up the audio with the game, mute the commentators on the TV and have someone else commentating the game so I could get like a big cat commentating what's actually happening instead of having to listen to Brian Greasy and Steve Levy. Did you say yourself calling the game? Or just hypothetically anyone like. Oh, some way you could do that. I think it'd be sick. I'm sure it would be all kinds of like copyright infringement and stuff, like with the idea of commentating over a game that someone has the sole rights to. But like if I'm just sitting here talking into a microphone and you can get my audio stream overlaying on the TV oh, in a way yeah. where it matches yeah, up, you can how do sick that. would that be? I think you can you can do that. You can find a way. I mean, I would download an app that allowed that. If I could go get an option of like twenty different people calling this game and just sync it up with my TV and get who I want. No brainer. Oh, be a hit. Well, I don't know if you're thinking like you would have to pay all those different people, and then yeah, I have the no user idea. User would, would like get to pick and choose. The user would get to. Pick I don't and know choose. if that business probably some type working. of subscription. 
those dudes are going to want big fees to call the games and they're not going to want to give up like exclusive broadcast rights. Well, and that's where we get the big investors in. <laughs> Just an idea <sighs> in theory. Clearly don't have the time, energy or resources to make it happen. But <laughs> for years, I've thought about that. That would be now. cool. Like, or when a crazy moment's happening in a game like the Florida State Notre Dame game, if I could get you on FaceTime and our TVs could just sync up so it's not being spoiled, or like the NBA draft, ooh, so we're not having to ooh. like, ooh, don't call me yet, I'm behind you, you know? Like, mm -hmm. could be a hit. Wow. What would it be called? No idea. I know I don't have the means to make it happen, so I oh, haven't let myself go any further than guy. just a pure idea. Glue guy. Glue guy? Glue guy or blue guy? Glue. I'm, glue. It's like a sports themed app. Yeah. Okay. So the glue okay. guys connecting everyone in the and middle. The app would be connecting. Yeah. The yeah. people in the stream. Yeah. The audio. Okay. Okay. Give it a couple years. Yeah. Give it a couple years. Right. Let us build up some networks, some resources, some funding. Could make it happen. We'll we'll tour the VCs out in California when I come yep. out there. And hey, we just put all this on record, so you know, if you want to steal our idea. At least pay us a little bit of royalties, please. Sounds good. All right, let's get out of here. We got some football to get to this week. I got some more research to do. I got some fantasy homework to do before our big dynasty draft tomorrow. Oh. What's your strategy? You want to go ahead and just give it to me now, or are you going to keep the cards close to the chest? I have the seventh pick. I'm, go I'm probably going quarterback round one. Ah, so you're right in front of me. Okay, I can't tell you what I'm going to do then because I got I traded with Brian. I traded my second and my fourth for his first and six, so I'm picking it eight and ten, so I'm right behind you. There's a way I think it's going to go, and I, I just don't even want to say it yet, hoping it doesn't happen that way, and I'm the only one thinking like that. But Probably going to take a skill guy in the second round. This dynasty draft where you can start two QBs and stuff, it's going to be freaking wild. Like. There's no prep you can do for this. I'm sure people listening right now, some people have been in one of these leagues and it's just like pretty much going off the dome. There's no rankings. There's no metrics you can go by. I mean, it's how good you I think mean, people there are. There are the dynasty future. rankings if you look them up, but there are, but not applicable to our league because most of them aren't the super flex with a QB option. Like they have Mahomes as like the 43rd overall yeah. pick. Like that's, he's going to be gone by the end of the first round. That's not going to happen in our league, you know? Mm -hmm. what else you got i mean i'm just not going to tell you my strategy i'm, I'm going to save it never mind <laughs> all right all right well y'all know the drill give us that five star rating share us on social media we appreciate the love we'll be back next week with some nfl in the books and don't forget like peter said pods coming out sundays and middle of the week from now on so two episodes a week keep an eye out let's go peace